Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Inside Clemson Football with Levon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Spring practice is in full swing as the Tigers reach the halfway point in spring drills. Also, Clemson held its first stadium scrimmage at Death Valley. And Levon and I will tell you what Dabo Sweeney did that he has not done before and what it means going forward. Clemson also had Pro Day this past week, as all, a lot of former Tigers came and worked out for more than 29 NFL teams at the Poe Indoor Practice Facility. We will give our thoughts on what we saw and heard, as well as discuss whether Travis Etienne hurt or helped his stock in the NFL draft. But before we do all of that, the NBA and the NHL season are in full swing, while the madness has started in college basketball. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions, is the place to go during tournament time. As you know, the tournament is coming up this week, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online. This is the spot for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it also has a free sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now welcome in Clemson legend, LeVon Kirkland, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. LeVon, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Will? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. It is beautiful outside. My dogwood tree is blooming. Mm-hmm. I, I got my window open here so I can see it because it's a real pretty tree when it blooms. It's a pretty tree all the time, especially when it brooms the, blooms. So, yeah, man, looking at that outside, going to go out and exercise a little bit later. That's the thing I like about spring, Levon. It encourages mm-hmm. you to start exercising, where the winter, it discourages you from exercising. <laughs> the winter says, <laughs> come lay on this couch. <laughs> The bed is like stay in bed with me. So yeah, I feel you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one one of the things I like to do, man, in, in the spring is like two things I like to do. I like to play basketball and I like to play tennis. It really gets me going and gets me out there playing those two sports. So yesterday we had a pretty good back and forth during the um, uh, with basketball and Clemson's unfortunate demise in the ACC tournament again. Um, so it seems like a broken record most times, right? Where Clemson just in, in basketball, right. but I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty good. It's like, you know, we need to talk a little basketball. We haven't talked much. We talked about it every once in a while, sprinkled it in. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on, first of all, we'll talk about that game against Miami where, um, Clemson, you know, bailed out in the second day of the ACC tournament, their first day there, your thoughts on, on that, and that game the other day. Well, I was a little disappointed because they had a nice lead. They were playing well, but, I think they get to they get to a point where they are really satisfied with hitting threes, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're a good three point shooting team. They're decent, but they're not great at it. But they will throw up threes like I nobody's business. And their best player, Sims. I don't understand why the offense doesn't go through him all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to tell you that I am a basketball guru at any means, but I know a little something. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, honestly, I just don't think they can handle long. They just couldn't handle the guards, man. They were just, they were just outmatched. They were just drive. They just dribble and driving those guys. And I'm like, just go to a zone at some point, force mm-hmm. them to shoot from the outside. Because those guys were just taking it to the rim, man, and it was nothing that Clemson could do. They got on a little bit of a run. And it's disappointing because, you know, I like watching Clemson basketball, men and women. And for us not to be as good, sometimes it's just disappointing. It really is. So I was just – I was really frustrated. And if you look at the history of Clemson basketball – God, we can't win one tournament just one time. Just, <laughs> just one tournament. How unlucky you you gotta be not to be a, to be a charter member of the ACC and you have not won at least one 
basketball tournament. Now, now, LeVon, we have to take baby steps, okay? We have to take baby steps. Last year was the first time they ever won in Chapel Hill. And that was <laughs> – that's, that was like winning a championship all of itself, you know, because hearing all the North Carolina people for so many years. So we have to take baby steps, right? And so, yes, I'm with you, man. I want to see Clint. I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball. I love watching it. I played it, obviously, in high school. I'm, you did, too. And so we have a passion for the game of basketball. Maybe not as much as we do football, but we do have a passion for it. And yeah. I want, I'm like you, man. I want to see Clemson win an ACC tournament at some point in my lifetime. I, you know, if it happens when I'm in heaven and I get to look down and see it, that's great too. Um, but I would like to live it, <laughs> you know, because I never thought I was going to see the North Carolina game. This is a funny story, I got to tell you. So, North Carolina last year, when they're in Chapel, we're in New Orleans covering the national championship game. And um, I think right. that was media day that day. So we're all in the media room at the media hotel. And it's just, I can't explain to you, it's this huge room, dude. It's bigger than my house, okay? It's actually bigger than my house and my neighbor's house, okay, um, combined with square footage. And so they got, like, this big screen TV that has, like, 32 TVs on it. And they can change it to make it just one game or a whole bunch of games, whatever you want to do. So um, – in the middle, though, they used half of it to put, like, the Clemson-North Carolina game on because the Clemson media was in there, right? Right. And it it was so – we're all watching it, and then we're all watching our individual computers and stuff like that, too, as, as we're spread out through the room. And, man, when Clemson – when Amir Sims makes the three that puts it into overtime, you would have thought all the Clemson media were Clemson fans because – all of us, most of us that covered Clemson have been there multiple times and seen Clemson lose that game. And I jokingly, I don't know if you know Amy Yacola, uh, but she's the um, communications person with the Atlantic Coast Conference. I jokingly sent Amy a text when the schedule was announced that year. I'm like, great, you, you, you guys do know that's the day of the national championship, the two days before the national championship football. So Clemson's going to win this year, I'm guaranteeing it. And she's like, what are you saying? I'm like – because you guys put it there and you guarantee the Clemson media can't be there to cover it, Clemson's going to win the game. Right. Sure enough, they won the game. It's so the Clemson media is going crazy. I'm like, because a Clemson, longtime Clemson guy, right? So I'm like, you know, uh, I've, I've weathered this storm for years since I was a little kid. I've been waiting since I hated Dean Smith in North Carolina growing up, you know, and couldn't stand North Carolina basketball and, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life, to be honest with you. So I kind of exploded a little bit, like a little bit of the Clemson fan came out of me, which doesn't happen, yeah. you know, when I'm working. And I didn't care, though, because I wasn't covered them. I was, I was like, the fan kind of came out of me. And Bonnie Bernstein, who used to work for CBS Sports, was there. I and, remember Bonnie Bernstein, yes. Yes, and uh, she's great. And then Adrian Adelson was also there. They're at another table. And I went freaking nuts, you know, and I'm like doing my thing. and didn't even realize they're there until I saw it. So after it was over and I did all the celebrations, I went over to him and I apologized. I said, I just want to let you ladies know that that was unprofessional of me. And, you know, both of you know me, you know that I don't act that way normally. But I've been waiting 45 years for that to happen. So mm. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. had to let it out. And they both started laughing and said, well, we understand. We get it. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's how I'll be if they win an ACC tournament. Um, because oh, yeah, me I've too. never seen it happen. Yeah, me too. It will happen at some point in time. It just got to, right? The law of averages would say that at some point in time, they will win one. We got close. That one year with Oliver Purnell team, he had a great team. Went to championship uh, and they And they, you know, that the year they beat Duke mm -hmm. and they played North Carolina, I thought, okay, this is definitely the time. And they ended up losing that game by, I forgot how much. Eight points. Eight points, yeah. It's just, and we haven't been that close since. And it's nope. just frustrating. And, well, it's more frustrating when you lose to a team like Miami. That's 13 seed, there's no way you should lose to that team. I'm sorry. I just think that you're the number five team. The reason why you're number five team because you're you're better than a 13 team. And we just went in there. I mean, some of the some of the stuff we do I, I, is it baffles me. Mm -hmm. When we're dribbling and guys are going behind their back in traffic, I, I don't get that. 
that's just not sound basketball. I'm not, I never played oh, on that level, but I got good eyes and I can see and I'm a, and I follow sports and dribble behind your, behind your back when there's like two guys there. Yeah, you know, that wasn't a smart play. It just wasn't a smart play. Yeah. That's and I mean, I, I just thought that maybe we should have went more. I'm thinking like, man, let's go a little zone. We're going man to man. And this, this one guy is absolutely playing like Michael Jordan. I mean, he's falling away. He's doing everything. So yeah, it's, it's just really tough to watch. It really was. Yeah, it was. They couldn't They couldn't guard them. And that's been a problem for Clemson a lot this year when teams have good guards. They haven't – people just shooting over them because, you know, you penetrate. Miami had 40 points in the lane, 40. They outscored Clemson 40. 40 to 18 in the lane. Um, and, and they didn't – you know, they didn't even try to get the ball into the big guy. It was just the guards penetrating, doing one-on-one, breaking down the Clemson guard. And, you know, and, and it was just um, – it was – like you said, it was kind of sad to watch a little bit. Um, I know Coach Brownell talked about it after the game. He was very frustrated too watching it because uh, they just couldn't handle them. And you know, you know, we talked about you know why didn't they go to zone more or why didn't they double team you know Wong more or something like that. And and Brownell said, well, the other two guards are just as good. And he's like, you sort of got to just pick your poison. And he's like, mm-hmm. my poison, my poison was just like we're going to play man, and if they they end up beating us, they beat us. That's what he that's what he told us at the <laughs> end. So. You know, I can I only like go by coach. what coach said. <laughs> I, I like coach, but I don't think that one makes much sense to me. Yeah. That's just me. Pinky yeah. Poison, the guy that's shooting all the baskets, that's the guy. Guard him. <laughs> Double him. You know, hey. Make the other guys oh, beat you. You picked the wrong poison, my friend. Yeah. You know, that happens anyway. sometimes. You yeah. know, we've all been there, done that, I guess. It's one of those yeah, things made, where – We all made mistakes. He's a good coach, though. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good coach. Yeah, and I think Clemson, and, and but we'll get to talk football here in a second here. I think Clemson can make a run in the NCAA tournament. I think they can, depending on the bracket and where they lie. Um, I think this is a team that could win a couple games. Um, I don't think they're Final Four. Don't get me wrong there, but I think they, they're Final 16. I, I can see a Final 16. I would not be surprised with the Final 16. I would be. Really? I'm going to be surprised, yes. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I'm being a little biased, and I'm using my experience of what has happened to us in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm just going to be very objective, yeah, you know, you can always make a run. You always can. If they could just bring the energy that they bring at Little John, then yeah, they got a shooter's chance. But other than that, when they're making bad decisions. I don't see them moving beyond the second round. That's okay. just me, though. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with that, man. That's your. That's the way you see it. Um, speaking of the way we see things, we're going to kind of get into football a little bit. And um, I know yesterday you were texting me about Pro Day as uh, Clemson was going through their Pro Day and doing all their stuff. And you said, yeah, our Pro Day was, hey, can you come on this day? <laughs> That was pro day. <laughs> so you could be working for all th- – I forgot how many teams were back then, maybe 30 or so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you could be – you'll be working out for every week almost. They'll call you up and say, like, hey, LeVon, can you work out on Thursday? What else were you going to say? No, I can't work out on Thursday. I'm working out on this day. I wasn't Deion Sanders or anybody like that. So you, you worked out. So a lot of times you'd be working. I, I remember me and Ed McDaniels working out a lot together. We would work out a lot together. And I guess people who were looking at Chester would work out with Chester on a different day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we worked out. I would have to say at least five or six times we worked out for some pro team. And sometimes there were like two teams there, maybe three teams there. And they kind of got it all together. But, yeah, we didn't have a pro day where you just kind of worked out that one day and showcased your talents that one time and that was it. No, my friend, you had a showcase 
<laughs> I did about a thousand bench presses. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you do the bench press at the combine, but then some of these jokers want to see how many times you can do it again, which I thought was just kind of crazy. But yeah, I did about a thousand and twenty-five bits presses. So it was a different day, to say the least. It really was. So did you get to go to Boca Raton or California or Arizona to work out before the combine, or did you just have to work out at Clemson? You know, I did. I did work out with. Uh, do you remember the guy that uh, Moranovich? Yeah, Todd Marinovich, yeah. Well, I worked out with his dad. Really? For the first, like, my, you know, as soon as the season was over with, I I was kind of dealing with this guy, and he introduced to me introduced me to him. Dude, he's an outstanding trainer. He's way before his time. Really? I like working, I like working out with him. You know, people say he was hard on his son. I think his son just had issues. Mm-hmm. But his dad, as far as a trainer – is concerned. I'm not talking about a father because I don't know. But man, he was, I mean, he was really good, dude. Where did you he work, was, work he, was with, he was about eating the right things, about sleeping way before anybody that I knew kind of went into that. All the stuff that people are doing now, he was doing that way back in 1992. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to work with him for about two weeks. And he really did improve me. I got better as an athlete with him. I wish I was in California because I would have worked out with him the whole time. Now, where did you work out with him at? Oh, God. Um, Man, I forget, to be honest with you. But, yeah, we worked out for like a week or two. And I was like, man, he's really, really good. And I was impressed with him. And I know he got dogged out and they had a lot of stories about him. Mm-hmm. But honestly, he was a really good trainer. Yeah, his son played after you, right? That wasn't wasn't didn't all that happen? His, or that I happen thought his son time. got drafted before me. He might have. I can't remember. I remember. Yeah, the, I remember the article. Early, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But man, as far as a trainer, a personal trainer is concerned, he was before his time. He was. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, interesting. So no, I didn't go out and work out in those places. But it was kind of funny. I met Shaq Lawson and <laughs> Dion Kane in Phoenix. And I used to work out at this place called Expo. Mm-hmm. And they were they were working out there too. And I, I met them. And it was kind of cool meeting those guys. I was just working out uh, the trust, the NFL trust. You know, I was just out there and you could work. You know, they gave you like free training mm-hmm. and physical therapy. So yeah, I took advantage of it. And those guys, and they had a lot of, they had a bunch of pro guys, our potential pro guys come out there and work out. And it was kind of cool to see those guys. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a different world now, it's right? I world. mean, salary's yeah. different. Everything's different, but it's more specialized. Like we talked about this before football wasn't specialized when we were coming up, you know, it was like, you just played. <laughs> You played the seasons. Yeah. You played Whatever football. Season. You played basketball. You played baseball yeah. or some spring sport. <laughs> That's what you did. You didn't. Yeah. That was my training. That was your training. Yeah. You know, you yeah, ran track. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was actually because I liked it because it changed. You had different teammates. So it allowed you to have friends at all different levels of the year. You still had your football friends. You had your basketball friends. And you had your, in my case, tennis friends. And, you know, and you, you kind of just did your own little things, you know. And um, I don't know. I just liked it because it just allowed you to kind of know more people. And that's what kind of college is about. When you get to college, you start meeting more people. And I think playing different sports sets that up for you, right? I mean, kind of because you meet more different people and different relationships. Well, I really think so. I, I really even like when I was at Clemson, all the athletes would work out at Turbank. Mm-hmm. And you got to meet the basketball players, the women's basketball team, the track team, the volleyball team, the baseball team. So all the athletes, pretty much we knew each other. So it was kind of cool because you didn't have to really, it wasn't just your teammates on the football team. It was the whole athletic department. 
And believe it or not, you would not think this today, but the whole athletic department was housed in Gervais. That's crazy. So if you walk, <laughs> you could be on one side and it's all football. The other side is basketball. I used to go in Coach Davis' office, who was the women's basketball team coach at the time, really great coach. I would go in there and spend time with him. Yeah, coach is great. I would go in there and speak with him and talk to him. Nowadays, you probably can't do that. There's no way you can do that. You know, so you could go in all these other different offices and you would see different departments, and it was really cool. Yeah, they, they went to McFadden. Um, I would say it was like pretty much right around the time you were leaving, I guess, right? Um, mm. I, it was 92, 93, 94. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit afterwards. Yeah. yeah so, um, so when I started covering Clemson, they were in McFadden and everybody else was in Jervie. And so you just walk across the hall and there still was that right. closeness, um, you know, between football, basketball, baseball, and all the other sports. But it was always crazy to me. It was like, you know, all these guys are like, you know, in there and all the lockers, what people, so people understand the lockers were all, locker rooms were all underneath Jervie. Yes. <laughs> so, and, so can you imagine? having football and the football coaches sharing these locker areas with all the other, I mean, it was crazy. I don't know how they did it. You know, it was nuts, man. You know, to share all these lockers space with these teams, with everybody. Well, Clemson has come a long way as far as facilities are concerned. It's outstanding now, but you know, what's so funny back then I thought the facilities were pretty good. Well, there's a, there's a, okay. Jervy was built in 1974, right? So right. there's like a video, John Facenda. Remember John Facenda, the oh, yeah. voice of the NFL? An Oakland Raider. I can't do his voice, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Um, yes. So <laughs> Autumn, Autumn Wind, I love that one. Um, anyway, Facenda did – like he did a bunch of these in college. Like he did the 1981 season for Clemson. And like, oh, he, yeah. You mm-hmm. can find him on YouTube. Well, there's on YouTube, there's one where he talks about the Jervy Athletic Center. And how it's state of the art, and nobody else in the country has one. It was like not done in 1974 or whatever. I watched that thing, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, they're talking about how it's state of the art. I'm like, man, that looks cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're spoiled now. We're, we're so spoiled now. But back then, yeah. that was considered state of the art. That was considered yeah. the best of the best. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a different world. Coming, like coming said, from Lamar, South Carolina, it was like, oh my god. Well, I remember our weight room in Bamberg, right? Okay, so it was underneath the stadium over at Leon Maxwell Stadium in Bamberg, and uh, it was underneath the stadium, and everybody shared it. Right. Basketball, football, track, everybody's baseball team, we all shared it, and we all had to go in there certain times to work out. I hated it because <laughs> it, was, it was hot. There was no air conditioner. It was cramping. I hated I hated working out. I hated it more than anything. And uh, as you can tell, if you look at me. <laughs> hey, hey, Will, I have to tell you that I got drunk my first practice at Clemson University. Uh-huh. I got drunk because there were there was water and Gatorade all over. Like back in high school, you, you got like water. a five, you got like a sip of water because for some reason our coaches didn't think that water was good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thinking back then. So when I got to Clemson, they had water and Gatorade all over the place. And I was like, man, I could just drink this water at any time. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I got drunk off Gatorade my first practice at Clemson. You're it was the purple it. stuff. It was the great. It was the great Gatorade, and I think whoever made that Gatorade put a little sugar in it. Yeah, uh, I, I was drinking it all practice. <laughs> Do you remember like at Gabe's? I mean, seriously, at Gabe's, you'd have the one Gatorade cooler that we all had to share. <laughs> that was it, and then it would run out. <laughs> and that was. That was the only time you got Gatorade was on Friday at the game. Yeah. And you and because at my situation in Lamar, I was never on the sideline. So I never got any of the Gatorade. 
He played so, me down. I would see other teammates, the other 12 guys we had on the team, just <laughs> drinking Gatorade. <laughs> Only time I can get Gatorade was after the game or, you know, at halftime. And, you know, it's like when you go to a restaurant, you go to the restaurant late, you know, the food is not going to be that great. Right. Same thing with the Gatorade. It's just, we're almost out of Gatorade. So that's my funny story. No, that's good, man. That's good stuff. We'll, we'll get, uh, let's get back on track here. Uh, so going back to pro day, yesterday is a big day for a lot of the Clemson guys. I'm sure you watched some of it on the ACC network. Um, but I wanted to see, you know, what you thought. Travis Etienne, um, he bulked up to 215 pounds. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that. And also, you know, he ran a 4140 officially, which that's pretty darn good. That's obviously that's really, really good, to be honest with you. Um, did he hurt or help himself? Or where do you think he's at kind of after yesterday's pro day? Wow. <clears throat> I think sometimes when you got a productive player like uh, ETNN, they're not going to just look at his pro day and just destroy the kid. I, I don't think you're a good evaluator, good evaluator of talent. If you just look at his pro day and say, Oh man, I expect this. I expected that. He ran a, I mean, he ran a great 40. Mm-hmm. The guy did. I mean, he's an all around. He's a good player. I don't think it hurt him at all. I think if you already know, if you're interested in Travis Etienne. And for a team to take maybe and say, wow, I, I thought he would do this. I, I thought he would do that. That's a bunch of media talk. Mm-hmm. Because are you saying media when you're looking at a player, like- you want to look at him, his film. And, well, no, I, when I say that, I'm talking about, <laughs> we'll already know that you know the game. Right. I'm talking about people who really don't understand the game. And they would take that 40 information and be like, wow, he ran a fourth disc. He's a good player. That's not always the case. <laughs> That's right. That's you you gotta look at the you gotta look at the whole his whole um, body of work. And if you look at his whole body of work, you understand that the weight issue is not really an issue. He he can lose that easily. It's not going to be something that – I don't think it's going to be something that's going to hamper him. Uh, I, I think that he didn't hurt himself. I, I think usually when you're a, a high-caliber pick like him, uh, unless you just really perform terribly, it's not going to hurt – it's really not going to hurt your draft status at all. I think for guys – who are you're not sure if he's going to be a second round pick or a seventh round pick? These pro days are incredibly important for those guys. For ETN, I don't think so, not so much because you watch them on film, you see what he can do. Mm-hmm. I think for Powell, it was important because he only has really one year of work, and it's really not his fault because he's played behind some some. Great wide receivers. You know, if he was somewhere else, he'd be their starting guy. So it doesn't hurt. I mean, for him, it's important that teams see him up and close and see what they're working with because he's only had one year of production. I I, I think that Amari is going to be a steal for someone. I, I really do. Whether you put him at running back or wide receiver, this guy can absolutely play. And he's a short guy, but he's kind of – when I saw him, I thought, like, dude, this dude like a running back. Yeah, he does, don't he? They actually worked him a he, little bit at running back. He, I'm telling you, I think this guy can be a steal for someone. I really do. Mm-hmm. And so I think he can, you know, he can always enhance his status. But also the good thing about Amari is that you have seen him on film for two or three years. So I don't really think it hurts the top-tier guys. I really don't. Because the teams already have in their mind that we like the kid. <laughs> right. You know, uh, the Steelers, whoever was, was there, they already liked the kid anyway. That's why they came. They just want to get a 
They just want to get a personal, up-close look. But they already saw it on film. They already scouted the guy. They know what he can do. And if he doesn't go in the first round, there's something wrong with the draft. Yeah, and that's where it, it again comes. I think with the draft, with running back, I'm with you. First of all, Travis came in at 215. He bulked up a little bit. He gained 16 pounds from the from the time he you know was at 199 when he weighed in at Clemson back in August. So that's 16 pounds. He, most of it happened since January. But he's going to play around 208, 209. Let's just be yeah. honest. That's where he's going to play. That's where he wants to play. <clears throat> I think Travis Moore was – Gain the weight because he knows when he gets into training camp and all that, he's going to lose it. It's going right. to, and he wants to be at least right around that 208 mark because he does need to be right there, 208 to 29, 210 range because the hits you're going to take. You know, you got to have that mm-hmm. mass to help. And so I think he's going to be fine. I'm with you 100%. I don't think that's going to matter at all. Um, that's easy for him to lose. Um, I thought, you know, the 40 time was, you know, right where, you know, I figured he may go sub 44, but. Four four one. I'm not complaining. I mean, that's one of the faster times. He'd have been second if he was running in last year's class. He would have been second to last year's class in in the in the forty. Uh, you know, for running back. So it, it's it's all semantics. And I've seen enough film on Travis Etienne, and I've watched him run over people and run through people and just explode and and score touchdowns. I ain't worried about it. Let, let's put it this way: if you're three yards behind Travis you're not going to catch him. Mm-mm. And that's the most important part. If you're three yards behind Travis and he has a hamstring injury, you're not going to catch him. Correct. <laughs> I mean, he's the, that the, fast. The kid can run. Yeah. The kid can run. And the good thing about his situation is he may land uh, on a really good team. And that's important. Well, if you're in the bottom of the draft, which is where most people think you know, he's going to be somewhere between that 18 to 32 range, he's going to be on some pretty good team. Those are playoff teams right there. So, And I'm just thinking that he's going to help whatever team he plays on. I mean, could he be, like, not that great? Maybe. But I think if everything kind of stays even, I think he'll be a tremendous pro. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that's explosive. He runs between the tackles pretty well. I, I think the only thing he probably have to work on, which every running back has to work on, is blitz protection. They all have to work on that. <laughs> and let me tell you something about blitz protection as a running back. That linebacker or that safety is coming full speed, and you got to hold up. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's, I wouldn't that's, not, that. that's not always an easy job. Okay, for all you critics out there. So, yeah, I, I don't think he hurt himself at all. I mean, he got a little bigger, so what? I mean, a lot of guys get a little bigger during the offseason. They're probably not going through the, you know, the the whole spring ball. They're working out on their own. And his whoever his trainer is is probably put some weight on him. You know what I mean? For a reason. So, so I mean – I don't think that's here or there. That's, that's to me, not a tremendous big deal. The guy can play. He showed that he's been productive every year. He's been in college football. I think that if you get him, if you're sitting at that 18, 20, 25, that that's the one that you consider getting out of the draft. You really do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so – that's pro day spring practice. Uh, Clemson kind of halfway through Levon. They finished. Uh, they've done nine practices now. Now they're going to have spring break, so they're going to take the next ten days off or so. Um, they finished it up Wednesday with the scrimmage in Death Valley. Um, pretty much, coaches got off the field. They did everything you can imagine. You know what goes on in scrimmages. I know what goes on in scrimmages. For the people out there that don't know what goes on in scrimmages, so basically they have a set number of plays they want to play. First of all, <clears throat> so they'll come out. Good on good, open and drive. Probably do that first couple series. Then they'll maneuver. And by the way, the offense took it on the opening drive and went down and scored. So that was a good sign to see the first mm-hmm. team offense go down and score. Um, and then, then after that, they'll kind of they'll, they'll bring in third team, second and third team guys, kind of let them mix in and get in and get some get some reps. Um, then they did some um, goal line after that, um, and then um, 
did short yardage situations after that and other situational things, you know, um, and then uh, finished it up. And the thing that was interesting, what Dabo did was interesting, I thought, was first time he's done this after a scrimmage, LeVon. Now, I'm sure Coach Ford did this a lot. As a matter of fact, I know Coach Ford did this a lot. But after the scrimmage, Dabo got everybody together. And they did one-on-ones, um, old school one-on-ones. And he said the reason he did it was because he wants this team to have an edge right now. And so can you imagine you're tired. You've been scrimmaging for two hours. You've done goal line situational football as also during it. You're worn out. You're tired. And then coach gets you together and say, guess what? Uh, Matt Bockhorst, come here. Tyler Davis, come here. Let's go. <laughs> what do you think of that? I think it's great, to be honest with you. Football is a tough game. It's a competitive game, and it's a combative game. So, yeah, you need to do those one-on-ones every once in a while. You need to see where guys are. You need to compete. I was a coach one time, and I coached at a team that never played football. And one of the more important things that we did was one-on-one drills because I wanted those guys to be able to compete against another man for 30 seconds just to see where you're at. And I think what it does, it it helps you in a game like that because football basically is one-on-one. It's a team sport, of course, but it is essentially one-on-one battles. And you got to be able to beat your guy. I see nothing wrong with it. I think it's good for the team, especially after what happened to you last year. You need to get a little bit of an edge on yourself. I'm good with him doing it through the week. I think it's a good thing to do. A little one-on-one, you know, shouldn't hurt anybody. It really shouldn't. It just kind of tests you. And, I mean, trust me, at the day before camps, (laughs) we did a bunch of that, so (laughs) – that's what I'm saying. Y'all guys had um, – because it was before the 20-hour rule, so you guys would have a whole practice, and then guess what? Coach said, I didn't like it. Let's do it again. Yeah, he would start practice over with it. That was the thing. Gee whiz. He would start – you're giving me nightmares right now. You're giving, you're giving me daymares, Ashley. I'm sorry. You, between I'm, you, Homer Jordan, uh, Jeff Davis, uh, Keith Jennings, all you guys have told me great stories through the years of Coach Ford, so – it's almost like I wasn't there, obviously, thank God, because I don't think I would have survived it. But hearing your y'all's wars about those stories, just those war stories, if you will, that they they're they're great stories, man. <laughs> well, you you know who Billy D is, right? Billy yes. DeAndre. Yeah, Billy DeAndre, believe it or not, folks, was the offensive tackle coach at Clemson at one point in time. And a lot of people may not want to hear this name, but Tommy West was our outside linebacker coach. That's right. And so we would go on the field. <laughs> it would be so funny that those two would talk trash to each other, <laughs> trying to get us like, you won't sub? Yeah, we won't sub. Okay, we'll be down there in a few minutes. And the players are looking at each other like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Are we actually compete? I mean, so it would be like, oh, all right, here we go. But we did not <laughs> – this would be like on a Friday practice, and those and during springtime, those guys would be like, "You want some? Yeah, I will." They're not doing anything, and then and then Tommy West be like, "You better not." I tell you what, you efforts better not lose one one on one against these guys. We better dominate, or if you don't dominate, I got something for you afterwards. And so now you got all this pressure and all this heat coming from your coach to compete with another group, one-on-ones. Yeah, man, it was it was brutal practices back then. I'm telling you, it was brutal practices. But it made you guys tough, made you guys we physical. We were one of the tougher teams you ever wanted to meet in college football. Exactly. Like, I'm telling you, we made we, – and, and the bad part was we always lost two games for whatever reason. We always lost two games. But you did not want to play us in a bowl situation. I'm hey, Levon, but you won 10. Huh? But you won 10. You may lose two games, but you would win 10. Because right. we, we were one of the toughest teams of all time. 
I thought I, I really thought we could have played with anybody. I, I had this discussion with Leon and Cersei, who played at Miami. And, you know, those were some really good teams. And I'm like, Leon, I'm telling you, we would have played you guys tough. We were, I said, you didn't hear about us. You guys probably thought you were the best team ever to ever play. But we would have got with you guys. Ask Florida State. Yeah. Because, I mean, didn't Miami and Florida State have some epic games back then? Uh, those are the same teams. Same teams. That's you, why I can't I tell, to tell Florida you, State. You guys, Florida State missed field goals on you guys. I say we went to Tallahassee and we cut butt. We cut their butts that day. That's so right. to say that we couldn't compete on your level, uh, that's misled. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, those. Yeah, beat so, an Oklahoma yeah, team. All Coach Sweeney. But what he did, yeah. Some one on ones don't hurt. I mean, please. You about to go to spring break anyway? Yeah. No, one on ones, I like it, man. When he said it, I personally was just, you know, listening and 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 record writing it everything down. But when he said it, I was like, that's what they need. And I think, you know, you're probably gonna see more of that because I think maybe, you know, with what happened with COVID last year, and, and Coach Sweeney's not gonna say this, say this. He may say it to his team though, but he's not gonna say it to the media. But there was times they were soft last year. I'm just going to say it. They were yeah. soft at the line of scrimmage last year. They had trouble stopping the run at times. Now, they were dominant at times, too, stopping the run. But there were times when they played a real good running team with a good offensive line, they had some issues stopping them. Yeah. And then on the other side, they couldn't run the ball against a good defensive front at all. And mm-hmm. that, to me, I'm old school. I'm, it is what it is. To me, the toughness of a team is always in the trenches. That's where it starts. And when your offense and defensive line get pushed around in big games like Clemson did against Ohio State, like Clemson did against Notre Dame up at Notre Dame, that's a little bit of softness. You you don't have an edge. And that's kind of what Coach Sweeney was getting back, I think, by doing those one-on-ones. I really believe that football is a game that you have to continuously practice all the time. No matter how long you've been playing the game, no matter how many years you've played, you still have to get comfortable with hitting another person because honestly, it's not the one of the most natural things to do to run into another person. So you have to get accustomed to it every year. I remember even in the NFL after your fifth or sixth year, you still had to kind of get accustomed to hitting, you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, you've done it before, but you have to continuously do it all the time. You have to practice that. And you have to get accustomed to hitting another man, beating another man. Really, you're basically having a fist fight with another guy. And so if you you don't practice that all the time, your skills start to diminish. They do. They start to go downhill. And I think that's what happened last year. And this, I mean, this, I mean, the LSU game, I just think that they ran into a buzzsaw with the LSU team. That team was great. I mean, that's a great, talented team. Yeah, LSU didn't have physical Clemson in that game. There was no Yeah, you didn't feel that sense, right? Right. You just felt like, man, LSU on the outside, those wide receivers trying to come in man-to-man the whole time. Yeah, they just beat That was tough. Yeah, they just beat Clemson. They didn't. Yeah, they just physical. beat them, right? Yeah, but it wasn't like they were just pushing them around. This Ohio State game, though, that's tough to watch. They bloodied their nose many times, especially when Ohio State came in there with the intentions to fight, and Clemson was going in there for a friendly, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing friendly, and Ohio State was like. Nah, this is a take this match. Yep. This, yeah, I, we, we're about to. I'm about to. I'm about to lose my soul in this match. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down fighting. Hey man, it was like Rocky one. Apollo comes out thinking it's an exhibition. He's helping this guy out. Rocky comes out to fight, and yes. Apollo's like, "What? He wasn't ready for it." <laughs> Hold up! <laughs> Got knocked down in the Wait first a round. Second. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing worse than getting beat in a football contest. When you're getting beat physically, you're just getting knocked off the ball. 
you can't tackle, you can't do this. It was sad to watch, you know, whether you old school or not. People can say, oh, that's old school. Man, toughness is a requirement when you're talking about football. I don't want to hear that. Oh, that's old school. Yeah, it's, it's old school in theory until you're getting your teeth kicked in and it's embarrassing. You know? Mm-hmm. So you call the old school if you want to, but old school is needed in the game of football. Absolutely. It's, and so he just went back to the basics. It's the basics. You got to be tough. You got to be able to beat a guy one on one. You got to be able to block a guy. You got to be able to hit and shed. You got to be able to tackle a guy. You got to be able to run the football. Those are the basic ingredients in football. And you're right, Will. It's the trenches. Clemson didn't really start getting better. They, they had a great offensive team when they had the likes of Ty's Boyd, Watson, Newt. Hopkins, um, Bryant, mm-hmm. Elliott. They can run the ball all over them. Offensively, they were good enough that they compete with anybody. But the problem was they weren't that great on defense. Mm-hmm. And when they go, they went against a team like South Carolina at the time who had a bunch of dogs on that defensive line and that offensive line, that's why you lost five games in a row to the University of South Carolina. Dang, that hurts me. I know a lot of people are like, but Clemson didn't get better. They didn't start playing on that championship level until you saw that defensive line come along. They mm-hmm. started bringing some guys that were going into the NFL on their team. And they, you could tell they were different. They were tougher. They were, they were bringing to you. That's what really changed Clemson football. And a little bit last year, you kind of lost that edge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so as a coach, and I give Dabo and his staff a whole lot of credit because you know what? They they evaluated it, and they're just like, you know what? We were not – and they were truthful about it. And they said, you know what? We weren't really that tough. Yeah, we did well against the ACC, but we, were, we really want to see that confetti come down on that last game. We got to get tougher. Mm-hmm. So you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, you could tell they, they did the self-scouting there and and, and, it, and kind of looked at themselves and said, hey, we just weren't tough enough when it matters the most. And when you get to the college football playoff and you're going to play Ohio State, you're going to play Alabama, you're going to play the Georgias, and you're let's be honest, they're starting off the season with the college football playoff kind of game against Georgia. I mean, that's going to be a physical game. Georgia's great in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, Clemson probably has the edge in the skill players. But me and you both know that don't matter. Listen, people, we're going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this 100 times between now and that Georgia game. I don't care who Clemson has at quarterback, who Clemson has at wide receiver, who Clemson has at running back, who Clemson has at corner and safety. That's all good and all. It's good to have speed. Don't get me wrong. But it's what matters up front is what counts. The teams who's better at the lines of scrimmage is going to win – 99.9% 99.9% of the time. And if they don't win that 0.01, it's probably because they lost like in a fumble or the last second of a play or something like that that caused the game to turn. That's the only way. 99.9% of the time, they're going to win in the bat- whoever wins the battle of the lines of scrimmage. And that's what football is all about. It's always going to be about that. Um, and so Clemson's got to be better at the lines of scrimmage. I think that's what Dabo's point is to his players going into spring break. We got to be tougher. We're going to do one-on-ones because we got, he's making a point to his football team that right now you aren't tough enough. Preach. Preach, Brother Will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. No kidding. You have to do that as a, as a football team, as a leader of the football team. You got to be able to write those notes, and you got to be able to evaluate your team and say, you know what? We really wasn't a very tough team. We thought that we had the Clemson brand and we lived off the the Power Rangers. Trevor, you know, we lived off the past. And they felt like, oh, we've beaten Ohio State before. We've never lost to them. We can just show up and we can just beat these guys. And Ohio State, I'm telling you, man, they train like Rocky. 
and they brought the wood. And I think what you have to understand as a college program that the playoffs are different than the regular season. And it's not even a bowl game. It's way, it's way more important. It's more, it's going to be physical. You got to bring your A game plus, plus. And if you don't approach a playoff in that way, you're going to get beat down. Mm -hmm. You in the NFL, you know that, right? In the NFL, you understand that, man. The playoffs, it, it jumps up another notch. It really does. I, I really wish that most people could see it from the sideline level. When you see a regular, when you see a regular season game, and then you come and see a playoff game on the sideline, it is fast. It is furious. It is something that is totally different. And if your mindset is not there and your body is not there, you're going to get crushed because that other guy understand that this is a one game proposition. And if we don't get it done, we're going back home. So now I think that this will be good for the Clemson Tigers because they understand that they just can't just show up in their orange pants and think they're going to win. They have to be mentally and physically ready to go to war. And I'm sorry, military people. I don't mean it in that way. Mm-hmm. But in football terms, hey, man, it's a it's a it's old school gladiator type of deal. It is. <laughs> I'm going in there with my hands and my helmet and my shield. And I got to get down. I, I, I got to I got to go at somebody. I got to so beat that other guy. Me because you know what? In that situation, it is kind of a, a little bit of kind of warfare. Mm-hmm. It really is. So. The playoff situation, and he's just getting them ready for what's going to happen. You've got to be playoff ready when you go to the playoffs. Good stuff, man. That was great, man. That was a great one. I, I enjoyed talking about that stuff today. Well, hey, man, that's um, that's going to do it for us today. We, um, we got to get up on out of here. But, man, it was great, great conversation, I thought. Great podcast. I hope people – liked it if you did you know please go and like it and comment and download again and tell your friends about it we greatly appreciate it um we're gonna be back here we're here all year talking football um um, with uh levon kirkland inside clemson football with levon kirkland so join us each week levon thanks buddy it was great talking to you again this week man and uh have a good one and we'll uh, talk to you next time well hey will thank you very much i really appreciate your support and i really feel with our show that you're getting the real for real about Clemson football. It's not going to be sugar-coated. We're going to tell you what we think and what we believe, and we're going to take what we learned from the past, and we're going to bring it to your future. Absolutely, man. Couldn't say it better myself. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Uh, Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.